that time. No, that's right. If you are tuned in, then you have now positioned yourself to become undeniable in your pursuit of personal, professional, and spiritual excellence. Now, I hope you are pursuing excellence, but if you are not making an impact with your life, then you have come to the right place today. Welcome to this abundant episode of Become Undeniable. I am your new favorite host, Brad Austin. Killing it on the mic and as always, keeping it real no matter whose feelings it hurts while providing undeniable value to you every step of the way. We talked about abundance a second ago. I mentioned that and my special guest today is here to show you, teach you, educate you on how to live an abundant life, why you should live an abundant life and actionable steps to really make it happen. I've known this guy for quite some time. I love this guy. His name is Matthew Britt. He is the head of sales and strategic partnerships at Food Forest Abundance. We are going to be talking about that company in detail today because it is a company that I feel like you and everyone else needs to know about with everything that is going on economically and and the forces that are perpetuating systems and things that are keeping us down all of us, and and preventing us from living truly prosperous lives. So, Matthew Britt, how are you, sir? What's going on today? Oh, man, I'm doing outstanding. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me on the show today, and congratulations to you on what you got going on here. I love it. Fantastic introduction, how you bring in the show. Killing it, man, and uh, very grateful Definitely feeling very <laughs> grateful for what I get to do every day. You know, working in life is something that we all are going to need to do, right? Everybody has to find ways to produce and add value to society. And I've bounced around through a number of different things over my career. And now as a 43-year-old, I have kind of kept the same trajectory as far as my overall purpose and it's now landed me in the position where I truly believe I have found that vehicle that I can invest the rest of my life working in that will truly make an impact on the purpose I set out for myself you know, 20 years ago around improving people's life, health, and wealth overall, or their life, health, and their prosperity. And what I do today, I have a joyful obsession over and it's a solutions-focused type of business, and I'm extremely grateful I be, get to be a part of it because it's impact-driven first and foremost. And uh, when you get to work yeah. in a place like that, you you know you have an extreme sense of accomplishment at the end of every day. You know, knowing what it is you're doing is truly making a difference. So, uh, again, thank you for having me here. Excited to be here. Looking forward to talking with you and. I'm doing outstanding, man. I feel great. Life is good. Yeah, man. Well, I, I like to say when, when people start complaining about things, I like to just, I like to look around and say, man, I mean, number one, we're alive, right? <laughs> we're alive. We have our health. I mean, we all have problems, but we have our health for the most part. Um, and we are able where so many parts of the world are not able 
to, to really seize opportunity. And it's really sad to me, bro, that just so many people are still not seizing that opportunity. So one of the things I'm hoping that the impact you will make on this show is to, is to reach some of those people who are not seizing opportunity to maybe even join you in the company that you're working with, because they may not even recognize that they find joy in self-sustainability, right? And they can do that for work. They can do that and self-sustain and insulate themselves from, from those forces that we're going to be talking about and from the things that have just really and truly by design infiltrated our lives, our whole lives, right? Our whole lives. So to give people a great perspective on that, bro, let's, let's talk about, if you would, let's talk about some things those infiltrations. Let's talk about the systems that are in place that if you if you don't open your eyes a little bit, you will never see and you will just go yeah. along with. Right. You, yeah. bro, I know I know from knowing you for a while and seeing what you post and seeing those those cool little Facebook you misinformation things that try to detract them away from what you post. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that you are an independent thinker. You are about abundance you are about about impact self-sustainability self-empowerment and i mm-hmm. freaking love that about you man so let's talk about these systems um in well, our think, previous yeah. discussions yeah go ahead Mark. go ahead well I, I just think first and foremost it's important to look at history there's always been a small group of people trying to control the many um, you know, in the past, they were called mm. kings and queens or pharaohs or, you know, whatever, whatever that thing was, um, it's always happened. So today, w- you know, if you don't think that stuff is going on, you're gravely mistaken. It's it's always happened throughout history. So you just right. got to start there. Uh, and just because it's happening um, doesn't mean you have to participate in it, right? You get to find ways to be as self-sufficient as possible and first control your own mind, right? They, no matter what is taken mm-hmm. away from you, as long as you have your mind, you can keep a good attitude, good outlook. You can keep hope. You can keep faith. You can keep courage, which are critical, especially through challenges, Yeah, man, if you, that's a great point because we have to recognize that so much of the quote unquote control, just because you have an iPhone and you're able to walk around and you're able to go here and go there and do these things doesn't mean you are still not essentially being enslaved in other ways, right? Tell me, let's talk about how you are influenced by what you see on the screen, that's how they're infiltrating. That's how they're getting us is through the screen, whether it's the screen of your phone, the screen on the TV, everything that's fed through there is, is man, especially media, it's all freaking propaganda, bro. No matter which outlet you, you watch, you know? And so I, I just, people need to actually, like you said, be aware of the information that is being fed to you. And unfortunately, we're just, we, we're a headline society, Right. We see a headline and then without even reading any details, knowing what it's about, we automatically make assumptions, judgments, et cetera, about whatever is going on. You just can't do that and call yourself an informed person, right? So let's talk about health, bro, because you are a big believer of health, right? Health, abundance, being fit, 
being in shape, taking care of your body, all that good stuff. And, and, and I'm curious as to how, and you're in Canada, bro. So I'm really curious to see about, to see what your thoughts are on the Canadian healthcare system, but also the, 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 the healthcare system in the U S as well. What's your take? Just go anywhere with it. Well, important for everyone to remember is your body will heal itself. And if you don't believe me, cut your finger and see what happens. Now, obviously, you know, (laughs) amputating is something different, but even when you lose a limb, you know, that spot where the injury happened will heal over, you know? Um, So your body will heal itself. Mm. The part that is a major piece that is never really talked about, especially from our leaders, right? Governments uh, is how to get Mm. those perfect nutrients inside your body so your body can do what it's designed to do because the reason they don't talk about those things is our current healthcare system really shouldn't be called health it has nothing to do with keeping you healthy and everything to do with maintaining um, your sickness because when you look at who controls said healthcare system air quotes uh, it's big pharma and big pharma doesn't heal anybody. They never have. That's not their business model. And that doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just understanding that that's not their business model. Their business model is to sell drugs, prescription drugs. What are drugs made of? Mm -hmm. Drugs are made of patentable things, right? They can't patent nature. So Mm -hmm. it can't be natural. They can patent um, man-made things. So these are all man-made also known as chemicals. And last I checked, a lot of Mm -hmm. chemicals are very toxic. You know, when you look at our population today and Canada and the United States would be very similar, roughly 70% of the population is on one or more prescription drugs. Our populations are sick, sick, right? And don't get me wrong. If I'm in an accident and I need emergency care, We've got the best systems in the world for that. And I would rather be in a place like Canada, the United States, if I needed emergency surgery, if I was in an accident. But for my everyday healthcare, I stay as far away as I possibly can from our current medical system or our current health system. I don't, the the doctors today should be called drug dealers because that is what they do, right? We have a massive- massive epidemic of people dying from prescription drugs. It is the third leading cause mm-hmm. of death in the United States. What? Third leading cause of death around. That should, say, what, what that should, should tell what, us know, something, that, bro. That, that should tell you something, but it all yeah. ties back into the give up your power to somebody else mentality, which we're conditioned Mm. to do very early in our lives, right? And we do it to our children. So your child is born, mom gets six weeks, maybe a little bit longer. Canada, we get, I think, you know, who, who knows what that total time is, but like it's six weeks or something like that in the United States, depending on what state you're in. Then you got to go back to work or you don't go back to work. You stay on your maternity leave, but now your income drops, right? So moms and dads are pressured 
to find a way to keep the income going. And what are they, what are they forced to do unless they have grandma and grandpa around or a friend who can take the child? They hand that child over to the state, essentially, and put them in a daycare or whatever that thing is, right. and then graduate them to the public compulsory education system, also state-sponsored. And mm -hmm. we've handed our children off, right? Someone else raise my kids. Someone else take care of my health. Someone else take care of my finances, right? Hand it off to the financial advisor. Someone else take care of my name your thing. That's how our current right. society has been structured. And because we don't have that ownership over us in that way, right? Because we've given away our power because we don't believe we're as powerful as we are. We've ended up in a position where the vast majority of our population struggles with some sort of lifelong health issue, right? Whether that's an autoimmune disease and autoimmune diseases are allergies, right? those arthritis, yeah. lupus, you know, on and on and on. But those autoimmune diseases sometimes are starting when they're children and they're with them their whole life. That's not the pinnacle of health. That's, that's dealing with something right. from a health challenge that's taking mental ability, adding stress, putting you in a compromised thought process on a day-to-day -day basis because you have this thing you constantly have to be thinking about. It prevents you from actually living the, the best life you possibly can if you constantly have to treat an underlying health condition. And the population is sick. Population is very sick. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason, poison from our foods, poison from our air, poison in our water, poison from what they show us on television, high levels of stress, lack of sunshine, right? Lack of connection, lack of love. Mm -hmm. All those things are prime environments to create stress on the terrain of the human system, which then shows up as dis-ease. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and yeah, it's funny, my wife, my wife, my wife actually calls doctors drug pushers, <laughs> just like you do, because that's what they are. That's what they've been trained to do. Yep. It, it spans back to the inception of the medical system here in the U.S. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know how it was started up there, but here in the U.S., this our medical system was created um, as a with drugs in mind. Right. It was not created to ensure health. Right. No. And, yeah. and then the same people that started the drug system, if you will, the healthcare system in the U.S., are the same people who then established the medical schools. And so from day one, their training has been established around feeding the drug system, right? Yeah. So that's how they're trained. So and it's, they it's um, regulatory and don't believe me. Too. Right? They set up those that's regulatory right. agencies they, exactly. as well. And, and the medical associations, like all the, all the licensing bodies and the yes. boards and all that stuff, right? And then they made sure that Anybody who did things from an alternative perspective was labeled a quack. <laughs> right. Exactly right. So, again, you can 
this, don't believe us, not believe us, really just, just take a half hour yourself and go research the roots of the medical system and the inception and how it happened and who started it. You will mm-hmm. find names that you are very well aware of that you've heard before, right? It's the same people, right? Um, I'm glad you brought up, uh, I see I see a theme forming around here because, uh, and I'm going to ask you a question later to, to compliment that, but um, bro, e- even the water that we drink, right? I would recommend that everybody, I mean, there should be an overflowing of requests to have reverse osmosis systems or whatever, you know, in your homes, because you have no, what's in the water is also what slowly poisons you and creates disease in you over time. Am I wrong about that? No. Um, Chlorine, fluoride, all the other pharmaceutical chemicals that are now in our city water systems, the... Mm -hmm. Uh, sludge, I think they call it. There, there's, it's it's not good. Just just put it that way. It's not it's not the right life giving thing it should be. It's worse than that. It's doing the opposite. Right. So it's let me just ask you something as an aside. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't. Why, who, who in their right mind would go drink any amount of chlorine, any amount of fluoride, who would do that? Right. But become, because it comes out of the spigot, out of the, out of the, of the faucet, you drink it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I guess, yeah. I mean, really quickly as, as a, really as an aside, man, why do you, have you ever been able to find out why they put those things in the water in the first place? Do you know? Uh, well, part of it is, to clean it at least that's what they say you know to kill right the thing we're always trying to kill right we're always trying to kill the germs and the bacteria and all that stuff and if waterborne illness is obviously a huge problem where they don't have great sanitation it is a huge issue so you know you got to frame some of these things through the lens of you know what what do you truly want Right? Is are you better living in a place where they don't have those sanitary hygienic conditions, uh, where you can constantly be getting sick from the water? Well, no. We definitely want to have clean drinking water, and you know, you. I understand why people do the things that they do. You know, the the doctor who's in the medical system and prescribing the drugs that has now become a drug pusher that doctor didn't start off that way, nor did they think that that's what they were going to do. And nor do they think that they're doing anything negative per se, right? They are, Mm -hmm. everybody is doing the best they can at the time with the resources that they have. And if you, if you get how they learn, who funds what they learn, who funds the associations they're a part of, Mm. who funds the studies, who, you know, all of that stuff, then it makes sense why they do what they do. And you can't hold negativity towards them. You just have to understand that that is why. And then you get to make a choice on do, 
I believe that what they're saying is in my best interest or is it in the best interest of the people who've created that whole system and earn revenue, dollar bills, y'all, from me being Mm. sick, right? Once you understand that, you can make better choices. So I think if anybody takes anything away from anything I say today, awareness of things is probably the most important thing for you because once you have awareness of the choices that you have, you can then go and make better choices. But because many people are not even aware that they have choices around things, it puts them in predicaments that they wish they weren't in. So get aware, you know, yeah. be aware. So let's be aware and take lots of information in from a variety of sources. So then you can then make a good educated decision on the choice you make based on the information you've gathered. Don't just let someone tell you something and then you go, okay, got it. I'm going to implement that a hundred percent. Right. Right. So how does, that's the thing, man, you, you have to, and that's one of the, one of the things I, I constantly harp on on this show is, is becoming aware, becoming awakened, if you will, to these things. You, you, you don't make any steps forward. You don't make any progress unless you become awakened first, become awakened, become informed. And so I guess, how, bro, how does, how can the asleep, I, 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 I separate them, the awake and the asleep, right? So how can you, how do people who are, who don't know, maybe I'll just be charitable today and say people who just are unaware and don't know, okay? How can they get to a place where they are willing to see the things that they are going to be unable to unsee? It more than likely will take some sort of extreme event for them to slap them awake or at least to make them start asking some questions. You know, questions lead to answers. However, most people don't ask questions. Most people today trust the experts. Again, air quotes. Most people trust the science, air quotes. Most people trust the talking head on the television, right? Because On the screen, right? Yeah, and because they have given up. See, we're so distracted trying to make enough money to live our lives that we don't have time to be questioning things. Yes. We're told that it's okay that you don't know. Someone else knows who's an expert who can tell you. And that's fabulous. But you better be asking questions about what that expert is saying and where that expert is getting their information and training from. Because if it's one of those examples of follow the money, right? If that expert was funded by... Uh, a certain organization and if they want more funding from that certain organization 
they better tell the story that certain organization expects them to tell or they're not going to get any more funding. That's right. So if you understand that that is what's happening, you then get to make a better choice about what do I take as fact or as information that I'm going to make a choice around. Right. Right. Absolutely, man. That's the thing. We have to stop being a headline society. We have to stop being a face value society. We have to stop being a trust the expert society. Um, I, as I say, I am actually a proud non-expert on every freaking thing. All right. <laughs> a proud yeah. non-expert on everything. Educate me. I'm, I'm cool. I want to learn. And so same thing, man. You just, you said a few things that is going to spark um, a conversation again, that still, I think still needs to continue. And I, I'm going to be talking about this stuff all the time until more and more people become awakened to what has been perpetu- per, uh, perpetrated on them. Right. You know, with, with people still to this day, I see them talk to them who, who, who still believe these vaccines for COVID were vaccines that they were, that they're actually working properly, that they're actually, it, it, well, they're still course, unaware of, of everything. Yeah, but of course they do. They're called vaccines. That's what the media is telling them right. that they are. That's what the CDC right. is telling them. That's what Tony Fauci is telling them. That's what Dr. Teresa Tam is telling them. So of course they believe that's what they are. And they also, those same heads are also telling them anybody who says otherwise is an anti-vaxxer and a conspiracy theorist. Right. So they've done such a good job of boxing people into these labels, which do nothing but divide, but also they allow people to compartmentalize their crazy friend very quickly and also tune them out. Right. Mm. If, if immediately I hear a challenging thing to my belief system and I have a name I could call that thing, that challenge, then it gives me yeah, quickly. Yes. the ability to get off the hook, right? I get to, right. Brad's telling me that these aren't vaccines. They're actually gene modification technology. I get to go, he's an anti-vaxxer. Yep. He's a conspiracy theorist. So right away, your audience and I know what I'm talking about when I say those words, right? You, right. you are and they, a, and, and, a thing and it allows us to dismiss everything you're saying. Right. And that dismissal, as you just created that beautiful bridge there, Matt, is that they have the quote unquote credibility of those experts that they turn to their heads to immediately right? The talking heads, yeah. the experts, the medical people, the associations, it's a, and it just piles on the list keeps going on. So therefore, am I going to believe this one guy, even though he's my brother, or am I going to believe the, the, the list of experts and institutions that have said otherwise? Yeah. And 
you know, we've got politicians playing medical doctor today. <laughs> you know, they're they've entered into these secret contracts with these big pharma companies. They've put country assets on the line. You know, the the stuff that was in these big agreements between the pharma and the governments if people actually knew what was in there, I'm sure every one of us would be disgusted. However, they're secret, <laughs> which should tell you there's an issue. Right. Um, of course. Second of all, right. They're, you know, Justin Trudeau or Joe Biden, they're standing at the podium saying the best thing you can do to prevent X, Y, Z thing is to get, this injection, right? They don't fucking yeah. know. Joe doesn't know his hand from his fucking foot. <laughs> but he knows how to read a teleprompter, right? That is... Well, kind of, not really. But, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's it put us in this scenario where people are taking advice from people who aren't talking about anything with their best interest in mind. Like you can't, that's right. You can't tell me that anybody here or most people in the world would trust what a politician has to say on a good day. But now because fear is frontline and center and a pandemic is frontline and center, which creates that fear. Now they'll take it. Now they'll trust what they're saying, right? Because they're doing it for you. They're going to keep you and grandma safe. Right. 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 And people like you and I, we're actually, we are actually murdering grandma. (laughs) Well, that's what they want people to believe. Even though, right. Even though the cognitive disconnect there is so real, you know, they told us that if you're, if you're injected, you will prevent the spread to other people. Okay, except now, year and a half later, it's come out as absolute fact that they never knew that. They don't know it prevents the spread of anything. Right. Right. But they want, again, information they wanted to bury for 75 years inside of documentation that they wanted to keep secret. Like, what? Right. I don't know how foolish you have to be to buy that shit. Right. Right. I'm going to tell you the truth. But I'm not going to show you what got me to the truth for 75 years. You just have to take my word for it for the first, you know, for 75 years. Then later we'll get to see it. Right. That's insane, man. So, so let me, let me ask you again, since we're getting into the psychology of all this stuff, man, how do we, oh man, this is a tough question, bro. How, How do, how do we, how do we reach people and we all know them, right? We, you have friends, family members, as do I, who, who took these shots. Um, how do we, how do we reach those people with this information so that they can become aware enough to start at least getting on some natural supplements that will actually help reduce the effects or reduce the possibilities of, of an adverse event in their body occurring due to these shots How do we reach those people, man? Because nobody, it's a difficult task, man, because nobody wants to believe they got duped. 
right? Yeah. Nobody wants to believe or think that they got fooled. Yeah. Right. It's already in. They made that virtuous decision, right? And, they want and to now, oh, right. And and only only the truly introspective, only the the truly open minded will even have a chance of being reached. So how do we increase those chances? I don't know if we can. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think. But we have what, to try, bro. These are our family. These are friends. These are people that well, that we love. You know what I mean? How do we? Yeah. H- however, you can't. Right. So here, here's the thing. If you say it, it can be challenged. If they say it, it's got to be true. So the question needs to be, how do you get them to say it? And I don't think we're going to get them to say it. They need to be the ones to somehow have something impact their lives in such a way that makes them finally ask some questions. And I think what we need to do is not put our attention on trying to awaken someone because we can't do that. Only they can. What we need to do is go focus on the solutions and be leaders and be a leader by doing what's right. Taking your own life into your own hands leading yourself, right? Get in the best health you can mentally, physically, spiritually. Set yourself and your family up to weather, I was going to say the coming storm, but uh, I'd say we're already in one. And It's already already here, man. And gather with the like-minded community. Do what you can to be as self-sufficient as you possibly can and then work to inspire everybody who already is awake to take action on setting themselves up as self-sufficient as possible. You know, we don't need everybody to catalyze this shift. We just need enough of the right people and based on what I do every day, I would say there are enough out there who are mm-hmm. well aware of what's going on. I would say that some of the things that the slave masters have put into place have run away from them, including the internet, right? They're trying very hard to censor mm-hmm. oh, in all these sure. different places but they just can't do it fast enough. The truth is seeping out. The truth continues to seep out, right? There are cracks in the dam and we are going through the ascension right now. There are hundreds of millions of people around the world who can tell something is not right. And they are doing everything they can to protect themselves and their community who also think like them, their families who think like them. And we're finding each other. And we're doing things from a entrepreneurial standpoint, right? The human spirit and the creativity is coming alive and we're channeling from, say, God, the universe, the creator, 
we're getting the info that we need to build the new abundant earth that is already here. It's already here. We've just lost sight of what is here and instead thought we're smarter than the creator and we pretty much destroy everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, man, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're seeing that. Um, you talk about that ascension coming up. And the thing is, I, I want to also hopefully prepare people because COVID was not the end. Okay. No. COVID was the test run. Yeah. Right. COVID was absolutely a test run to see who would comply, to see who would not comply, to see how far they could go, how much more control could they seize, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, they, they, they are already planning the next one. All right. We, you and I know that they're already planning the next pandemic or the next planned pandemic by, and I know that because I just discovered that evidently our buddy Bill genocide Gates was talking with, had a meeting with, um, uh, Johns Hopkins, some, some foundation would associated with Johns Hopkins and the world health organization, of course. And they were essentially war gaming the next inevitable pandemic. Inevitable, yeah. They, they war right? game event 201, right. Just before yep. COVID hit the world. And they just right. did, I think it was event 203 or something is what they labeled it. And here's the thing with that one. For everybody to be aware of, um, event mm-hmm. 201 disproportionately affected the elderly. Yes. Event 203 disproportionately affected children. Yes, yes, that's exactly where I was going with that. And they spoke of a pandemic, a virus that was especially deadly to children. Yes. So now it's not enough that we are sexualizing and corrupting our kids um, with drag shows and, you know, whatever else that is, that is robbing them of their childhood. Now these people have no problem just killing our kids. Well, you look at how often in history genocides have occurred and who was doing those. Yeah. It's not, it's not the peasants work in the fields. It's, right. It's not the regular folks. Every single time. The worst yes. crimes committed, the worst horrific acts of violence and murder and destruction have been committed by governments. It's not a secret. Yes. Like, are we... It's not a we, secret. It's not a secret. Are we that dumb as a society? Well, some could argue yes. And... It's not your fault that you're that dumb because the cards are stacked <laughs> against you. They are. You're poisoned with your food. Right. You're poisoned when right. you're, well, let's start, start off. You're poisoned as, as soon as you're concept, you know, you concept, you're inside your mom. They start giving you injections. Your mom's eating food that's laced with poisons. So you're right. starting off on a bad foot, Right. And then you're born, right? particularly inside our countries, you're immediately ripped away from mom. You're and given inject- all these different kinds of vaccines 
You're right. injected. With the list of things that has been that has right? increased, yes. 72 vaccines on the childhood schedule. And we wonder Jeez. why our children are sick. We wonder why they have allergies and autoimmune wow. diseases. Except, and bro, I didn't know that. It's outrageous. But Bro, I didn't know hey, that 72 so on the we're list. We're doing this for you. 72. <laughs> Gosh, bro. And Seven, bro is, you, you think that is, that's something? There, There's hundreds more in development. They want to inject you for everything. But you know why? Because they have no liability. It's the most profitable thing they can possibly right. do. They don't have to spend money on making sure it's safe. They can pretend they do, but they have no right. liability on the back end. And they, they own the regulatory agencies. Right? right? We know... Right. Beyond a shadow of a doubt that children are getting sick from this injection. Myocarditis, major risk, right? Children are dying, but they still call it safe and effective. They're lying. They've been bought and paid for. Of course. Right. Right? So they're not doing any of this because they care about me or you and our children. They're doing all of it because money is a driver. Right. right. And again, and not all and these buy people off the are bad. They're not bad people. Most people working in these systems are doing this because they want to make a difference. Right? So you got to be very clear that not every pediatrician is a fucking evil individual trying to hurt children. It's actually the opposite. They are trying the absolute best they can to make a positive impact on children's lives and help children get started on the best foot forward. However, their system has been corrupted and they don't know it. So they go along with it, but it's actually destructive. Right, but that's what I'm saying. They they are the low level people, if you will, in the hierarchy. But they are also they are also following orders, man. You know what I mean? They're just following yeah. orders, and and nine times, nine and a half times out of ten, they won't ever say anything. Why? Because yeah. I might lose my job. Yeah. But hey, but again, let a line fear. of kids get killed, but you keep your job. Right. But it's it's fear, man. Right? Fear. They fear is the most powerful motivator ever if you're afraid that you can't feed your children or pay your mortgage but you see right people dying and then you're afraid of the ridicule by speaking out and you're afraid that the the mortgage can't be paid and you can't take care of your kids most people don't have the balls to be able to go I am a powerful person. They can take everything away from me and I can go rebuild. I'm going to speak out. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have that belief in themselves. They might right. say they do, right. but then when push comes to shove, they don't. Right? You look at yeah. how many people today took the experimental injection and mm-hmm. said, I had no choice. I was going to lose my job. Right. Fuck your right. job. I had no choice. You 
You had a choice. You had a you choice. Did. Now there are. You did. Yeah. There are consequences for that choice. There are actions and reactions to that choice, but you cannot say the choice was not there for you. It was there. And if you had belief in yourself and you didn't trust what they were saying in the first place, you would have all day not taken it because you would have said, I am so powerful. I believe in myself. I can go create new opportunity for myself. Right. And, and in either of our countries, that is the case. You know 100%. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it is. It really is the case. And it's just the other, the other thing that really just, I, I just, I'm, 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 I walk a line, Matt, on, 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 on thinking about how stupid that person is or versus having empathy for them because they, they, it, I don't know how they were doing it in their own minds. They felt justified or needed to do it, but it was the people, it was the people that said, Oh, I, I had to take it because I wanted to travel. Yep. And I know those people too. Put your freaking plans on hold. (laughs) Just wait a bit. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I wouldn't go on a cruise here in South Florida. We were talking about it last year or, you know, for March, April or whatever. And we were talking about going on a cruise with some friends and everything else to the Bahamas or wherever it was. And they still required the, the, um, well, the vaccination wasn't required. They were requiring the testing with sticking the big Q-tip all the way up into your brain. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go because of that. I wouldn't even consider it because of that. Neither. Right. I I just, there, I don't know, bro. It's, it's really, it's really disheartening that, that people would, would make a conscious decision to inject themselves with something that. To this day, we don't know what's actually in it because they want to travel somewhere. Well, but Brad, that I doesn't don't know compute in my head, bro. How does? <laughs> but, huh? but but Brad, they, I I don't know what's in my Kentucky Fried Chicken secret recipe, or I don't know what's in my you know name your dumb thing that people are saying about they don't know what's in it. So I, I'm just going to take it. It doesn't matter, right? I don't know, bro. I, I again, it doesn't it doesn't compute with my mind. I I, I consider myself to be a very logical person. I consider myself. I, I'm, I like to I like to inquire. I like to get more information first before making a decision. And so, again, a headline society, right? We are not conditioned to think. We are conditioned to react with emotion. Hence why people vote the way they do, especially in my country. It makes no damn sense. So uh, I don't know. I don't know where to start, man. I don't know how to, I, I don't, how do we, I don't know how we awaken people. And, and I just don't know how much time you want to spend on that before we move on to other things that are hopefully a little more positive, but <laughs> how do you want to round this one out, bro? Yeah, uh, it's, it's a complicated complicated topic and i understand why everybody has done what they've done i empathize with them i i can understand that these choices are difficult i understand how fear is an incredibly powerful motivator especially when you come from a place of not knowing right when when 
the experts are telling you that this is something to be afraid of and your default is that every night you put the news on, like that's how you live your life. Uh, I, I get it. I, I get why they did what they did. And I'm, I'm not upset at them. You know, that's their choice, their life. They made that choice themselves and nothing I can do about that. Uh, I find it very interesting right. how mad these people are at me, right? It's it's a interesting interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's the word dichotomy is the right word, but mm-hmm. I ha- I found it incredible how no no one that's gone along with the narrative uh, or has said it's okay for me to be locked down or not allowed to sit in a restaurant or not allowed to travel. I'm not mad at those people for thinking that and telling me that. And however, they're mad at me. And I find it really interesting how many people are very mad at me for the choices that I made and people that I don't even know, you know, they can just tell that I've been a certain way and they're, they're upset, visibly upset. They're angry. Right. Yeah. So, so how, I mean, I, I guess I don't, I, I guess I do understand. And, and what you said makes sense of what I was about to say, but you know, I, I just, you know, why do, why do people, why do these people believe that these institutions just wouldn't lie to them? Right. It's the institution. It's, it's automatic credibility, Right. There's no way they would lie to me. There's no way they would tell me a, a shot is safe and effective when it really, really wasn't. No way. Mm-hmm. I don't know, bro. It's, it's, it, I don't know. I, I I'm going to save this next question for last. All right. Let, yeah. Let's, 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 let's turn the corner, bro. Yeah. Let's turn the corner, bro. Cause I want to, I really, really want to get to abundance. I really want to get to self-sustainability. I really want to get to the, cause it is extremely important I'm really glad that you are in that space. I'm really glad that you are um, trying to trying to impact people's lives in such a positive way that is extremely evident, extremely transparent, and and really on the surface you can tell that there is no agenda except you winning, other people winning in their own lives and their families' lives. So. Talk to me about the company you work for, bro. Talk to me about Food Forest Abundance. Talk to me about um, what they do, how they do it. I know there's exciting things that are actually happening right now, and I want to make sure we talk about that to get that out there. So tell us about your tell us about what you do. Yeah, man. Uh, so as you mentioned, Food Forest Abundance is the name of the company, and our intention as a business is to establish permaculture food forests all around the world on wasted lawn space uh, and really create an abundant supply of poison-free food. And as we establish these permaculture food forests, what it ultimately does is create a decentralized yet localized poison-free food supply. And it's all about using our resources wisely, working in harmony with nature instead of against it, removing the poisons from the system, the fertilizers, the herbicides, 
insecticides, right? All these sides, removing all those mm-hmm. from the system, rebuilding soil health. The healthier the soil, the healthier the plants, the healthier the human. And do it in a way that mimics nature instead of the current system, which does nothing but fight nature, right? When you look at a monoculture crop, which is what most farms do today, if they're a part of the industrial food supply system, everything that that farm does is unnatural. You don't see a single forest anywhere in the world, a natural forest that only has one crop in it. Doesn't happen. Diversity is what happens in the forest. And diversity is our friend. But our agriculture system today is all about one crop often. And in those monoculture systems, you get very specific issues which require them to use all of these insecticides, herbicides, fungicides, chemical-based fertilizers, um, all the stuff that's causing issues requires those things to be utilized. It also, you know, although it kills the soil because they're constantly tilling and not putting organic matter into it and feeding the microbes and all those things, it creates nutrient deficiencies in the food. And Hmm. those few things are a recipe for disaster, which is we already are in a disaster. We have a food supply system disaster on our hands. And it's about to get way worse. So what we have put our attention on is realizing that if food is controlled, it's the fastest way to control a population, right? Control the food, control the people. Henry Kissinger said that. You want to control, right? You want to control a population, control the food. So they've been doing that. And we have a way to put the food back in the hands of the people, which is what the creator intended. We get to do it by working with the creator instead of against it. We get to create abundance. There is abundance in nature. Just look all around you. And if we let nature do its thing and we just set it up through a thoughtful design it can put us in a position where we literally do build out that decentralized localized food supply poison free puts the power of food back in the hands of the people because the soil has been rebuilt because the diversity is there because we're working with nature we're not using the poisons the food is better for you and it is healing. I'm sure everybody has heard the quote, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. Right? Yeah. The, the nutrient density of the foods will increase. The life force energy in those foods is there. When you pick something and you eat it right away, it was living and it's still alive when you consume it. 
you get a life force in you. The nutrient availability is at its maximum. And then as the weeks go on from the thing being picked to when you finally eat it, for example, in the grocery store today with this current system, the nutrient density has plummeted to probably somewhere near the zero mark by the time it's actually being ingested by you. So with what we've got done here in a very short period of time is what we believe the answer to most, if not all, of some of the world's biggest challenges today. And it will be, it, it is the solution. You know, there's a very, very thoughtful quote that I absolutely love, and I had never heard about it before until I started working here. And it's, although the problems of the world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. That's by a man mm. named Bill Mollison, yeah. credited as being, you know, really the father or, or creator of permaculture. Um, but truthfully, permaculture really has always been here. Permaculture stands for permanent agriculture. It's utilizing perennial edible plants and doing a thoughtful design to really embrace diversity, mimic nature, keep the soil covered, and grow an abundance of food. And the interesting thing with every permaculture food forest is that it will get bigger in time, right? As perennial plants continue to grow and grow and grow, that food forest will expand. And as animals come into that food forest and eat the things and then go take a poop, they're going to drop seeds, right? Birds will take a thing and drop it farther away. You can propagate all of the plants that are inside that food forest. It naturally begins to be a perpetual cycle of abundance. There should be no starvation on the planet. Nature has given us an abundant supply of food. We have just not used those resources provided by the creator to give us that abundance. Hmm. So our company uh, so you designs and questions that I had. Yeah, sorry. So, so our company so, designs and installs no, okay. food forests. That's what we do. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, I've been writing a couple of questions down here because I, I want the audience to be able to take away as much value as possible in this regard, man. So um, you already answered what, what permaculture actually is. And I have a couple of logistical questions. So why, first of all, why should people look into this and why should people incorporate it? Obviously, besides the obvious having your own food supply reason, but why somebody says, well, Matt, I don't, I don't, I mean, my grocery store is about a minute and a half away, two minutes away, 10 minutes away. It's, it's really close. I mean, I'm, I'm good. I don't need this. What would you say to them? Uh, your average grocery store has about three days worth of food in it. So what happens if any major thing interrupts that supply chain? Uh, one, two. Um, these people that are producing your food, they have their best interest in mind, not yours. And that's okay. Right. As long as you just understand that. Yeah. Uh, three, most food in the grocery store today is actually not really food. It's not really fit for human consumption per se. And one could say, well, Health Canada or the FDA said it's okay. 
Well, newsflash, right. those organizations are, again, not operating in your best interest anymore. They're operating in the best interest of industry and whoever funds them. And right. three or four, I'm not sure what number I'm on here, but your what you grow yourself and for your family is close to you. So you're not... Um, you're not contributing to and another interesting thing here. If, if people believe the climate change narrative, does it make sense to have your food coming from 1300 miles away from you? <laughs> no. Right. It makes sense having your food yeah. come from as close to you as possible. You can't get any closer than have it being right. grown in your own house. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to grow hundred percent of their own food. That's unrealistic because we know people live in all kinds of different situations. What I am saying is if you have the ability to grow some of your own food, I personally think you probably should do that. And if you're growing some of your own food, what it does is actually frees up a little bit extra for someone who can't. Right. So it puts us in a scenario where by you taking responsibility for some of your own food production, it's giving the ability for someone who can't have that food production, it's giving them the ability to have more access to that food that's being produced by others. So just some of my thoughts. Yeah. That. Well, I mean, really and truly... Yeah, no, great thoughts about it for sure. But but also you said the first thing was, what if something, there's a disruption in the supply chain, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's never going to happen, Matt. Come on, man. That's never going to happen. It, it's, there's only been, I don't know, over 120 at last count, over 120 food processing plants in the U.S. that have mysteriously blown up in the last year or so. When, I mean, what could what could go wrong, Right. I'm still baffled at the fact that we don't hear much about that at all. Yeah. And they're slaughtering livestock, slaughtering, you know, millions and millions of cows and chickens and all kinds of things, all in the name of preventing the next pandemic. Uh, They are forcing farmers to reduce their dependency on some of these things that are giving their system of farming increased yield. Because what's happening, as the soil is destroyed, crop yield has been decreasing. So they have to rely on these chemicals to keep their yield high. But they're now forcing them to not be able to use the chemicals, which they know will force the farmers to not be able to produce as much, which will force them to not be able to pay their bills, which will force them to have to accept the government's pay around buying this farm out. You know, the Netherlands, the second largest exporter of food in the world, 3,000 farmers are essentially out of business. The government's forcing them to close. And Canada, same, same play is happening here right now. Government is 
in the name of climate change, passing all these bills mm. around reduction of the usage of these chemical fertilizers, which is going to drastically impact crop yield, which is drastically going to impact the amount of money that they make, which is going to drastically impact their ability to pay their bills, which is going to force them to do other things and more than likely uh, push a lot of them out of business. And as these companies continue to go out of business, it's going to, again, disrupt our food supply in a massive way and make you more dependent on the government to save you. And let's not kid, fool around with anybody. That is the intention. Right. They, right now, are trying to destroy people's ability to earn money feed their families provide for their families keep shelter over their heads all of it's it is a controlled destruction of society so they can usher in a universal basic income central bank digital currency full-time surveillance technocratic state where you have zero privacy um, climate change lockdowns, 15-minute cities, all of that stuff. And none of it is because they want to protect you and your family. Not a single piece. It is all about control. And we are pawns in the game. And they are coming at us hard. Yep. I mean, it's it's really... Again, you have to be willing to stop, get off the screen, and think about everything that you just said. Everything you just said for the last two or three minutes. If if people go back and listen to what he said again, because if you stop and think about it and and go down just, just a slight rabbit hole, not a deep one, and rationalize and, and critically think in your mind as to why someone would do this why would governments do that you won't be able to really come up with an answer that's logical that makes sense to a normal human being you won't be able to come up with that but if you are willing to turn the corner around the answers you just gave and say hmm it's possible that they want to control everything i do and they and, and they are motivated by power and money only if you're willing to entertain that thought that's the only rational conclusion you can come to. That's it. So again, I'm, I really, I think it's awesome that you are promoting permaculture and promoting food forest abundance. And I, I, I have a couple other questions for you because people need to know. Um, so why, I, I mean, can, can people, I mean, I, I sorry, I'm stuttering, but <laughs> the, you said it grows, right? Permaculture grows. You defined what that was. And so can people who maybe don't have their own house or their own property, they live in an apartment or what have you, I mean, can they participate in this? Can they even start to try to insulate themselves and by growing their own food in their apartment somehow? Is that possible? Absolutely. There are vertical gardening systems where you can start growing food in an apartment. Another thing that is incredible around nutrient density and speed from seed to something that can feed you is microgreens. Microgreens are some of the mm. most 
incredibly nutrient dense things out there. They have a turnaround time from seed to eat in 10 days or less. Maybe some of them are 12, but most of them are like between what? five and 10 days. And they're incredibly nutrient wow. dense and in a pinch can feed you. So yeah, people, there are solutions that exist. There's also taking advantage of community gardens, CSAs. Um, com there's communities out there that are working together to grow food. So it's a matter of getting creative, getting out there, exploring the options and figuring out what works best for you and your family based on your certain living situation. And with our company, yeah. we do strategy sessions, 30 minute strategy sessions with everybody. So if you want to learn what are some of the options available for you today, regardless of your situation, go to our website, foodforestabundance.com, right on that main page, you can book your 30 minute strategy session with a permaculture designer who can help you understand what you can do to take action now and help you identify what's the best path forward for you in your particular situation. Hmm. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I'm actually going to be uh, linking that uh, into the, the description in uh, on the show. So people can find that Very and great. tap that easily and, and go to your website easily. Um, Thank you. So what is the, yeah, of course, what, what is the, so what's the cost of, of getting this started, man? Um, if you want to have your own food forest or, you know, whether you're an apartment, a home, what is the cost of actually getting something like this going? Well, so it all starts with design. So that's the most important piece that people need to uh, invest in is getting the design done. Mm -hmm. And the design to keep it uh, simple for people to wrap their heads around is, think I'm going to build a house. What is my house going to look like? Well, step one is work with your architect to get the design for that home. Because once you have that design, you'll get to know all the materials that are going into it. What's it going to look like and can go get it built. That's what a design is in this scenario. It's taking that piece of land mm -hmm. and designing a thoughtful food forest that can best utilize the sun on that property, how the water moves on that property, how the wind moves on that property, where the shade is, etc. to put together a natural ecosystem of edible plants that each complement mm -hmm. one another to produce an abundant food supply in that particular piece of property. So design is step one. Our design costs range from $797 up to thousands. It all depends on the size of property that we're working with. So the, the, you have to think about it like an investment. And today, I'm sure everybody listening has saw food prices increasing, right? Well, is right. it actually that food prices are increasing or is it inflation? 
right? Does that just mean your dollar is worth less than it used to be worth? Well, they, I would say it's a combination of all those things, right? Food's getting more expensive mm-hmm. to produce. It's getting more expensive to move around, all of that stuff. And our dollars are being deflated. They're, or Sorry, they're being uh, devalued. They're worth less and worth less. So right. if you understand that the cost of you buying food is going up, but you can produce your own food and that cost, once you get, let's just think about um, a berry bush. Okay. So I put a blueberry bush in the ground and I start growing blueberries and that blueberry bush cost me $30 to buy that blueberry bush. Year one, I may not get a great yield. Year two, I start getting a good yield. And that blueberry bush is going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger year over year over year. I end up with an infinite return on my $30 investment because that blueberry bush could be growing for decades and producing more and more blueberries every season. I don't have to replant that blueberry bush. I don't have to maintain with a lot of work. I'm not trying to kill all the weeds around it and spray with all this stuff because I've put that blueberry bush in another ecosystem with other plants around it that work with it to help nature do its job. Right. So right. what we do is put a, put a thoughtful design package together that helps people grow this food and instead of having to always be redirecting your money into the grocery store, you're now keeping a portion of that because you're producing it yourself. And at this time, we would argue that one of the best investments you could make with your fiat currency that is losing its value is in something that produces value for you. And if we are on the um, extreme side where we think things could really get really bad, well, if you're the one growing food and helping your community and inspiring, you know, you're going to be protected when the shit hits the fan because you're a producer, you're helping, you're not taking from. Right. So in our opinion... Growing food amidst a supply, food supply chain disaster is the best investment you can make. Growing food in a scenario where your dollar is being devalued every single day because they're printing more than they ever have in order to give to the people who are fighting this war in the Ukraine or whatever the you know whatever the story is. Uh, <laughs> right. The, right. The best investment you can make is in producing your own food. If you want to keep your family healthy, 100%. grow some of your own food. Absolutely. hundred percent, man. So really quickly before we start to start to close out, man, what, what can people grow with permaculture? What are some things that they can grow? Uh, really anything depending on their climate zone. You have to find native plants that are there for your particular climate zone. Uh, and also we can get, right. you know, we can incorporate greenhouses and aquaponics and vertical gardening and hydroponics and, there's all different things that can be incorporated too. We just start with permaculture. Reason being, that's what was handed to us through the creator, right? The Garden of Eden yeah. is not a utopic fantasy. That is possible. 
that was given to all of us through nature. That is here now. Now, we also understand people have different living situations. So there are other great things that are available. And you can have a combination of all of these things. But we lead with permaculture because it works in harmony with nature. Yeah. Because it does all of the things that are related to abundance, right? It, it, it frees your yeah. time. Once you have a thriving permaculture food forest, you're not spending all the hours of your day weeding your garden and watering and, you know, trying to keep everything else away. You've actually built a natural ecosystem that does all of the regulation itself and you're spending your time harvesting, right? Capturing the yield. Yeah. So, and just to frame this for everybody, I had no idea what permaculture was 18 months ago. I had heard the term (laughs) before, but I didn't know what it was. And I'm definitely no expert in permaculture, but I get the high level concept and the simplicity behind it. And when I understood that, it made me say, well, I need to be a part of this. I've got experience helping promote and build things and create movements in that way. I want to focus on solutions instead of getting bogged down by the problems. And this was one of the simplest ways I could see to make an impact around the world. Food Forest Abundance is doing designs around the world. Uh, We have operations already in 15 countries in the past 18 months. We have done well over 600 designs, and um, that's 600 new people growing food with, through the science of permaculture and working with nature, and we're just getting warmed up. You know, we've established uh, a business model now uh, that's a new layer onto what our already existing offer is, and that is our Freedom Farm Academies. For anybody to keep this really simple, you can think about it as a brick-and-mortar location with a permaculture food forest and all of the other things that are available today when it comes to being self-sufficient, self-sufficient with food production, energy production, water, healing, and education. All of those things in these Freedom Farm Academies, what you can think about them like is our version of the Apple Store. Everybody's familiar with the Apple Store. It's a place you can go to try all the Apple product. Well, this is the same thing. It's a place that you can go and experience all of the stuff that's available today. And from that, you can see that it's real, that it works, that it's possible for you and take those things and bring them back to your own house, your own situation. So we believe that with Food Forest Abundance and the design and installation of the Permaculture Food Forest and setting up homesteads, That's one of the big solutions. The other is by showcasing what's possible and setting up these Freedom Farm Academies in communities all around the world so that people can really close that knowledge gap of what's possible, right? Because when typically people think about growing food, they default to the traditional garden that they've tried before with the annual plants that they plant every year and they weed and they water and they don't get a good yield and they think, ah, that doesn't work. I'm going to just rely on my grocery store. But when people get to go experience this in person, see it, taste the food, see that environment, 
plus all the other things that are available, it makes them say, wow, I can see this in my life. I want it. I'm going to take my steps now and do the things for me and my family, whatever those things are from that experience, right? So it's yeah. been uh, something we launched yeah, about tan- two tangible. months ago. Yeah, it, we, bought, we launched the, food, the Freedom Farm Academies about two months ago. We have already sold uh, nine of them inside that period of time and just getting warmed up. We've got five in the U.S., one in Canada, one in Ghana, one in uh, Thailand with another real close in, actually two more real close in Canada, one in South Africa, and about 15 others um, very, very close to uh officially having their agreement signed and, and initial deposits put in. So we're excited about it, man. Real excited. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, uh, as an aside, I, I think I mentioned it to you previously, but the there are further discussions uh, that you and I are going to have to have uh, because I have an interest in um, exploring synergies between yeah. our business models to help um, to help increase the awareness uh, of food forest abundance and to get more and more people um, growing their own food and, and becoming insulated from what I'm afraid is coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, to get people aware and, and, and being more self-sufficient. Yeah. And we're all about collaboration. We know we can't do any of this on our own. We have no patents, no non-competes, no NDAs, no nothing. Everything we do is open source for the world to see. You can go copy our model hundred percent. doesn't matter to us. We just want to make a positive impact yeah. on the world. We want to free people from the tyrannical measures that are currently being imposed by governments around the world. And the way we, we see as the yeah. best way that we can do that is by helping people grow food, helping build out that decentralized, localized, poison-free food supply, work with nature. And by doing all of this, we'll, re- we'll reverse the mass extinctions, the climate change narrative, combats against pandemics because you're getting healthier food, healthier population, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, we're excited. Man. Just out of curiosity, do you guys have uh, out of curiosity, do you guys have any, um, uh, any, um, uh, forgive me what I just meant What the, uh, the last thing you talked about, any of those com- uh, communities in the Netherlands yet? Not yet. No. We do not have any of the Freedom Farm Academies uh, established in the Netherlands, but we are looking for people everywhere. So if anybody's listening to this and wants to explore and learn yeah. learn more about that, doesn't matter where you are in the world, we would love to talk with you because um, there, there are ways forward here and we need to do as many things as we possibly can as fast as we can to mitigate some of this potential uh, oncoming storm. Yeah, man. And I would think that if if like somebody in the Netherlands or a few of these farmers in the Netherlands would probably jump on this, man. Yeah. They just, they just probably don't know yet. You know, that's right. They don't know. Not I would love to see that. You get... Right. They would, if they, if there's enough of them that will that actually start the process and, and start jumping on the bandwagon, then what's the government going to do at that point? Right. At that point yeah. they will, they will, uh, I don't even want to speculate on what they would do, but <laughs> at that point, you know, it's um but I, I would think i would imagine that they would just jump on it that, that they just don't know so yeah i would yeah. think so and well, here 
one one acre of a permaculture food forest will outproduce five acres of a monoculture farm. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. That is awesome. That is that is something intriguing to hear. Yeah. Right? I think. If I was them. <laughs> and I see my wife does we have beds, we have all this stuff. And so I told her about this episode and and I'm gonna have her listen to it. And I think she's she would definitely is probably gonna start looking into it. So we may we may be talking to you soon. Outstanding. All right, brother, Matt, I appreciate, man. Yeah, no, I, this has been a great conversation. I think a valuable conversation that I think um, once people here will hopefully help them become awakened, help them exit the matrix a little bit and, and, and have more of a desire for, for sustainability and independence. And so I appreciate the wealth of knowledge that you brought here today. I appreciate the value that you provided. It was undeniable, if you will. And um, again, this, I, I hope you'll come back and let's continue this conversation to. some more in hopes of getting the word out even further. Yeah, I'd love to, man. I really appreciate it. And, and I'll leave with this quote, which I think is very fitting. There is one thing stronger than all the armies of the world. That is an idea whose time has come. And that's from Victor Hugo. And our belief is this is that idea whose time has come. So let's pour organic fuel on this fire and go change the world. Absolutely, man. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. It is time and it is very, very fitting of a time indeed. So Matthew Britt, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. Um, If people want to connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah. uh, Foodforestabundance.com is our company. And if you wanted to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook as Matthew Britt. Um, But I'll also share my email address so people can reach out. Matthew with two T's, M-A-T-T-H-E-W at foodforestabundance.com. I'd love to hear from you. Love to get connected. And if anybody, you know, has any solutions potential strategic partnerships, products, services that you feel fit very well with what it was I talked about today, our Freedom Farms, we're going to display everything. You know, the best products and Mm -hmm. services that are all in the name of freedom, we want to showcase them to the world, right? If you know of any technology that can help, we are in. So reach out. We'd love to talk with you. That's awesome. And I will be linking Matt's email address as well uh, in the uh, show notes. So once again, Matthew Britt, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate your contribution to society and to humanity. And I look forward to, to really spreading the word with you, man. Thank you so much for coming today. Outstanding, brother. Thank you for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure and a joy that I get to be here and share Uh, at least some of my experience and thoughts on these topics. Obviously I could be wrong about everything and the government loves us to death and that wants nothing more than to make sure we're taken care of. Uh, So no matter what I have said today, I would encourage all of your audience to not take my word for it and instead go out and get your own education and make up your own mind about the things so that you can best be prepared and strong and convicted in your beliefs because you've done the work. Yep. Absolutely. Self-discovery is the key to awakening. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Matt, thanks again, brother. 
Appreciate you. We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. Well, that is it for this episode. I hope that it brought some authentic value into your life. If you didn't hear any nuggets that were undeniably valuable to you today, then something is wrong with you because you clearly were not listening, right? So before you go listen to another episode, which I know you're probably going to do, it's okay to admit, right? Pay the toll, so then let's roll, all right? What I mean by that is share the show, leave a nice review. All that helps us grow the show so that we can inspire the the masses, especially with a message like you heard today. It doesn't get more universal than food, all right? All of us need it to survive. Spread the word. Send this to people you know. Help them become awakened. Because, remember, you cannot become undeniable if you are uninformed. Make sure you always bless up mom. And I'm out.